Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 6 of the Aviation Lowdown. I'm your host, L.O. Last week, we talked to our friend Emily, the Dash 8 pilot from Canada, about some of the differences between Canadian flying and U.S. flying and even flying in Africa. So check that out if you haven't already. Today, we have another female interested in aviation, but she's actually from an entirely different hemisphere. That's right. Originally from Russia, this is my friend Medina here on Episode 6 of the Aviation Lowdown. Medina, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it. Hi, thanks for inviting me. No problem. When I first saw your Instagram, I was really impressed because it seems that you've visited hundreds of countries, or at least a lot of them. And I, you know, immediately was drawn into the fact that you also seem to like aviation. So it's, uh, you know, it's probably a good yeah, thing. That's true. <laughs> Just a little bit. So tell the viewers a little bit about yourself. Uh, How did you get involved in aviation or where you're from or what brought you to the U.S. Would you here now? Well, I'm from Russia, from Moscow. That's the capital. And I'm actually right now in the United States, in the South, going to university, working on my master's degree. And when I don't do it, like I'm not in school, like on vacation, you know, the breaks, I go travel different places. Wow, good for you. That's amazing. So you're down in the South at uh, SLU, which I believe you said it was in Louisiana. Uh, is that right? Oh, that's a regional university of southeastern Louisiana, really close to New Orleans, somewhere close to LSU that people might know that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was actually in New Orleans last year. It's a cool place. So you know a ton about aviation, but uh, are you studying aviation in school or something different? No, not completely not related. I'm actually a personal trainer. I study kinesiology. Wow, personal trainer. That's amazing. It's a lot of training involved with that. But I have to be honest, I saw a ton of aviation pictures on your on your Instagram. What's up with that? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I just uh, board the plane and I'm going to fly to 10 and it's like, um, can I go into the cockpit, please? And then they go ask the pilots and the pilots see a girl there like, yeah, come in. <laughs> so that so have you ever been denied to go onto the flight deck or not? Um, not when I ask to, but like, I think some airlines just have policies not to let anyone, not during the flight. That's all, like the pictures I took were before flight. So right. on the ground. Mm -hmm. right. And I think some airlines just have policies like, oh no, we're not opening the door. We're closing as the first passenger comes in. Like we're mysterious creatures. Nobody can see us. Mysterious creatures. That's probably the best way I could ever hear somebody describe people who work in aviation. So. <laughs> Yeah, thanks well, for that. But most of the Russian pilots in Russia flying Russian airlines are mysterious creatures. We never see them. <laughs> That's funny. But, you know, it could also be just the change of times. Like, I remember being a kid and everything was so open. They're like, oh, come on up when you first walk in. Of course, I was a kid. You know, do you think that it's uh, it's changed over time? Well, um, actually, when I was a kid, they were... I felt like they were easier on this, maybe because I was a kid and they just like let kids in. But right. we had one accident when the kid was at the controls and the plane crashed. So maybe that's kind of contributed to this. Right. And it was right. a long time ago, so I'm not quite sure what was the t details about that. Yeah, I kind of remember hearing about that, probably from Air Crash Investigations, one of those shows I've watched a whole bunch of. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners right now know what uh, flight that was in terms of the details of the flight numbers and stuff. But uh to get back into some of the travel stuff, because I'm really fascinated by this, you've definitely traveled internationally a ton. And I'm just kind of curious, especially towards most of my listeners who are in the U.S., how does it differ flying from country to country? Like, do you have any notable experiences that are, uh, you know, just something that you remember? Oh, well, it's very interesting because you can talk about different experiences, different places, like, let's say, flying in Russia, flying in Europe, flying in the U.S., flying somewhere like in Asia. It's like all different. 
mm-hmm. and you would be surprised how much it's different. It's like crazy. Yeah. Before we even started recording, you were telling me some uh, basics, like the differences between the airports of different countries. Like, what's the biggest difference of the U.S. airports here? I don't like the security here. It's just too much. Like, you have right. to take everything off. Yeah, take your shoes, take your belt off. Take your shoes off. Nobody <laughs> takes their shoes off everywhere else. Like, in Russia, you don't even have to take your laptop out. It's really chill. Right. It's like, and, ah, come uh, on in. Come mm-hmm. on in. It's not a big deal. I mean, they're, they're checking. They're watching it. It's just, like, not some stupid stuff, like, take your damn flip-flops off. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people probably coming to the U.S. who don't even think about that, they're probably like, what are you talking about taking my shoes off? But it's such a part of our culture now with airports, I don't even think about <laughs> the it. The shoes know? taking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I yeah. was in St. Lucia last year, and, yeah, it was the same feeling. I actually, it was opposite for me. I felt, really, I don't have to take my shoes off? Because, you know, you're practically ready to get naked at the, at the check-ins <laughs> at these airports at TSA. So it was kind of nice to not have to do that, you know, in a way. But yeah. I've also thought about other things, the just the regulations related to airlines. For example, smoking. I've always wondered, could you smoke in Russia on airplanes? No, 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 no. We no. we have really high standards of safety. Smoking is not allowed. All that, mm-hmm. like I, I think everywhere is not allowed. What I know, it's kind of funny, is that some airlines in northern Africa actually let their pilots smoke. Really? Well, that's and interesting. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because it was one time some of our friends were flying and they land and they go out of the plane, like past the cockpit, and they smell like tobacco. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then they found <laughs> out, actually, yeah, some of these pilots allow to smoke. I don't remember the airline, and I don't want right. to tell the airline anyway. Yeah, it's just crazy how like smoking used to be such a big part of society. Now it's like nobody. Yeah. Um, so the longest flight you've ever been on, okay, Ooh. time-wise and distance? Time-wise, time-wise is actually a funny story. Distance-wise, maybe... Los Angeles, Moscow. That's a long flight. It's very, wow. it's inc- insanely long. It's almost 13 hours. 13 hours, wow. Yeah. And you know how it goes, like, when you fly to, like, from Europe to U.S., which is, like, westbound, it takes you uh, much longer than if you fly back. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a big thing. So if you fly from Moscow to Los Angeles, it's probably, like, 13 hours. When you fly back, it's, like, 12 yeah, yeah. Depends on the wind too. Depends on the wind too, and I, I'd have to look at the map. I know for the guys uh, flying over the North Pole, you know, sometimes it's a little bit uh, confusing to look at that flight path. Like for example, Chicago yeah. to Japan or something like that. You might it go goes north. up and it comes down. Right, right. You no, know, but I guess if you have a globe in front of you, it makes a little more sense. Yeah. But about my longest flight is actually a really funny story because we were once flying from Germany to Miami, and it was Airbus A. 380 Mm -hmm. and it was a snowing in germany so we just like kind of get taxi back and then get de-iced and then ready to go and then they stop they're like okay we'll close the airport now it's too heavy of a snowstorm um waiting 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 a couple hours then okay let's de-ice again and Mm -hmm. you know 380 is a pretty big ass plane so it takes (laughs) almost an hour to de-ice it was crazy how, how long it took that a380 i've always wanted to do, go into one of those planes and they recently uh, i guess discontinued them or at least had plans to cancel some of that program and you've been on them so what's your experience with yeah. it Do you like it it's big, it's big. <laughs> yeah that's, that's what yeah. they say it but. takes a long time to de-ice. So they, we were just like still on the ground and then a few, couple other hours and a couple others. And at some point they tell like, okay, so uh, our crew is kind of running out of time because, mm-hmm. you know, they have some limits on time. And Miami takes 10 hours from Germany, which is a yeah. long way. Yep. And we were on the ground for seven hours already. 
Seven hours in Germany on the plane. In, in the back. plane, on the ground, get de-iced all over again. Imagine how much money they spend on de-icing. Absolutely. That sucks. So, that happens in the U.S. too, yeah. on our domestic flights now and then. It does happen. Mm-hmm. My brother was actually on a flight last year. It was canceled. They ran out of de-icing fluid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that definitely is rough, you know, but mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. So we're seven hours on the ground, and then finally there were like a silence, and they say the captain is about to give his decision and like entire plane is silent and then he's like i'm going to Miami <laughs> and, and everyone's like yes so we took off and that was the first time ever i saw the whole plane like two floors of a mm-hmm. the 380 clapping yeah. on the takeoff was it, it was like deafeningly loud it probably was yeah huge, so like, loud concert. Like, no for real so we took off and we flew 10 hours so it was 17 hours in the airplane um, wow and one day well, I guess pilots just want to go to Miami, you know? Yeah, you got uh, Will Smith going on there, you know? Um, by the way, speaking of Miami, I'm going to be in Florida, although it's in Lakeland, Florida. This is for Sun and Fun, the annual fly-in and the air show. It's going to be the first week of April down there with my friend's Banyan Pilot Shop. If you guys listen, you can make it on over. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be beautiful, oh, crazy planes, it. you know, and everything aviation. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a great time. So you actually you are in Louisiana now, but have you ever lived in other places in the U.S. or not? Yeah, I lived in Florida, in Tampa, Mm -hmm. for like about a year or something. Before I actually went to school, I was playing tennis there. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. By the way, I'm a tennis player. Tennis player, that's wild. So, okay, I actually should have asked you that because there's a ton of your pictures that have you playing tennis. So, And it even says here in your bio, Tennis Aviation SLU. So... That's really cool. Did you have a scholarship? Is that how you got over to the U.S.? Yeah. Wow. That, that, that's how I got here. Wow. That's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. So, all right. You didn't tell me that you're a famous tennis star. This is... We got to tell me well, these things. Well, I used to be. <laughs> then I was a college tennis star. And now, um, I don't know. And now you're just one of the uh, many Instagram aviators <laughs> out there, you know, trying to, yeah, trying so, to build their no, following. No. no, but that's really, really cool. So, how does that work? I mean, pardon the dumb question, but how do they find you and get you a scholarship? You mean like scholarship? Thing? Yeah. How does that actually translate to you coming? Oh over? yeah, yeah. Like what they do with athletics uh, coaches, they just look around uh, for people for their teams, and I guess U.S. doesn't have enough tennis players. Right. So uh, a lot of schools they go and recruit people from other places, mm-hmm. and that's how they get all the international squad. Right. Good yeah. level of tennis in the places like Louisiana. Yeah. People just don't play tennis here. Like, not really so popular. Not like Florida. Florida is like tennis state. Yeah, tennis and golf, anything outdoors. You know, they love it in Florida. But here in New York, you can really only do it like half the year. You know, it gets so cold. Yeah, but you so. guys have U.S. Open, huh? Yeah, we do. Over in uh, Flushing Meadows in Queens. But world famous. Mm-hmm. You know, I've actually never been, but I know a whole bunch of people who have been there. And they say it's really, really worth it, and it's super cool. So, have you ever been over it's there? Fun. You've been there. I've been there outside of the actual tournament. I just like visited the facility yeah. when we were in New York. Yep, yep, in New York. That's like right down the road for me. That place. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, I've been to Long Island. Oh, really? What part? That's yeah, cool. four and a half years ago. Sweet. Actually, like we we stayed somewhere close to the airport, and then like overnight there. Which one, JFK or the Islip? Uh, we we came to JFK, drove down to. Is that long, just Long Island Airport? Yeah, um, MacArthur. ISP. ISP. Yep, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, MacArthur. yeah. That, so we drove down there overnight and then took off to Tampa. Yeah. Next day. So, so yeah, I'll have... have been to, but I haven't seen anything. Yeah, yet. well, come back sometime. Come in the summer. That's what we're known for, you know. Not this uh, frigid winter. But 
So shifting gears here, do you have any plans to, uh, I know you used to do some flight training, so do you have any plans to ever become a quote-unquote professional pilot, or is that something that's uh, not really on the radar, so to speak? Well, if I'm going to do the same career change as this girl did before me, the Canadian one, I guess so. Well, that would be awesome. I mean, I love like aviation. If I could fly, it would be so great. Absolutely. You should. And it's really kind of interesting to me, the cultural differences in how people see pilots. But, you know, you being from Russia, you knowing so much about aviation, which we'll get into in just a second. But what is it like in Russia? Like, if you're a pilot, are you as cool as in the U.S.? Like, is that a thing? You I know? mean, it's really cool. Like, if you're a pilot in Russia, you're like, wow, a cool boy, you know. But also, <laughs> the kind of interesting thing we have is we don't have many women in aviation at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, like, probably 1% or even less. I don't know how many girl yeah, pilots. We, I mean, we really don't either. It's just that I've, I think in the past few years, uh, you know, I was really sort of uh, taken back and impressed by how many people were women in aviation. And I've always tried to let's create a network with these people, too, because, well, first of all, we sell clothes that they like. But second of all, it's just a great community, you know, and people really look to that. Oh, yeah, and, that's definitely. Yeah, the more different you can make it, the better it is. And that's a really underrepresented niche, you know, and there's people out there mm-hmm. that um, that can do it. So you found ATC memes, so you follow us, I guess, online. And how did Maybe you get involved not. with that? Well, I don't <laughs> well, know. of course. <laughs> So, did you have a favorite meme or any particular thing that you remember as being your favorite from the page? I really like those relatable stuff. Like, you know, tag somebody who would literally say this or do that. And I tag people sometimes in yeah. for you. <laughs> or send it to my instructor and say, hey, that's you. Yeah, I've heard a lot of that. People say they tag their instructors or their professors or teachers and stuff like that. It's good to have that relationship. But... I mm-hmm. guess sometimes we could also get in trouble if we share things. Uh, for example, somebody sent me, this just happened last night, somebody sent me a picture of the University of North Dakota's main webpage that was quote-unquote hacked, even though it was fake. It wasn't really hacked, but so oh. many people freaked oh, out. Okay. that Yeah, they, they freaked out so badly that University of North Dakota actually made a real statement saying, no, it's fake. <laughs> oh, wow. So I guess well, sometimes it works both ways. Like People they take yeah, it way too seriously. People do it everywhere i guess yeah we had the one with um embry riddle recently actually that wasn't us somebody else this aviation news daily or something i forget the name of the page but i shouldn't because it's absolutely hilarious but whoever wrote that said that nasa was donating a space shuttle to embry riddle and people (laughs) thought it was serious yeah and it made like the i thought i was serious yeah everyone thought it was serious (laughs) i was like what the hell so Daytona Beach newspaper, actually, the local newspaper, not even the campus one, but the local newspaper actually made a statement in, you know, an article that's like, yeah, that's not true. (laughs) Whoops. That's so funny. I know. Do you ever do any memes with, like, music relation, you know? I know you play some music. I do, yeah. I've been doing that since I was a little kid, and uh, I love music. It's, like, my biggest passion in life, but uh, I really have never done any satire, like, you know, memes or comedy with it, no. Because I remember one post you did, like, with some music, and then that's what people actually recognize, the theme from Top Gun. Yeah, the Top Gun theme. I remember that there. That was, that the, was cool. That was cool. 
Yeah, that was the uh, guitar video. I had basically like this Axe FX2. Yeah. It's a new guitar processor I had uh, used, and I was trying to mess around with some different sounds. I thought, ah, oh, this would be kind of cool, Steely Dan and uh, the Top Gun theme. But, you know, people really recognize it, and they're like, hey, that's kind of cool, you know? Oh, like, yeah. And um, I don't know. I guess I guess I was uh, taken back by having people recognize that. You know, it's just cool. I like that, too. Yeah. That's what I remember, like, particular post. I mean, I should incorporate more of that, you know? It's just something yeah. expressive. And to be honest, my real passion has always been uh, music. I mean, that's really what I've always done. My brother is a professional musician. So, oh, cool. Yeah, he goes by the name Rare Bear. He's a producer, and he's done almost mm. everything I think you could think of in music. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, he's hugely inspiring. But we've all, we've always been really fond of music. And growing up, we were in bands together. And my brother's like my best friend. So if he's listening, Mark, shout out to him, by the way. But, yeah, so I appreciate that. And hopefully we can keep that building up. You know, I have some partners I run in ATC meetings okay. with. We get along great. Yeah. And uh, I just think that in in the future, I'd like to incorporate more products to try and get more people involved in the aviation memes community. Mm-hmm. Avi- ATC memes, really. I call it aviation memes. ATC <laughs> memes. Yeah. But, that's uh, your you second know, name. That's my second name. ATC memes, my second mm-hmm. name. You're, not, you're the guy from ATC memes. Yeah, I am. But uh, yeah. I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Sometimes it's pretty yeah. cool, but other times, like when I walk through an airport, somebody can recognize me, and then you're like, I hope this is not bad. You know, like what if I see, <laughs> what if some Allegiant or Spirit Airlines pilot recognizes me? <laughs> you know? Oh, maybe you'll have those Ember Riddle grass. I'm like, oh my God, is there a hero right here? I'm going to actually <laughs> visit Ember Riddle, I think. Uh, Perhaps with some well-known pilot, I think we're actually kind of talking with doing this. But And I've been flirting with that idea for over a year and a half now to go visit Embry-Riddle. I really should do it. But I actually played Embry-Riddle in tennis once. Really? Did you guys yeah. win? Well, it, I think it was individual, and I don't remember. Well, I definitely won because they're like Division Two. But <laughs> I didn't know Embry-Riddle was like aeronautical university at the moment. I was like, who are these guys? Well, they were girls, but I was like, uh what school is that like seriously that was my first impression you should be like well i was uh i was losing but then a plane went overhead and the complete <laughs> yeah and we were playing in pensacola and the airport is right next to the tennis oh, course in that country club and i guess the girls were just like you know you surf and they just stuck like watching the plane yeah it was a navy <laughs> pensacola over there and everything else they have a lot of fighter jets coming down and uh it, you know mm-hmm. it's funny because a lot of those stereotypes are somewhat true and i'm friends with people who go to riddle like i knock on all these schools i know i we make fun of everybody here it's not in distaste i'm not trying to you know cause any trouble i just think it's really kind of funny to reveal some of the hypocrisy and just some of the general cliches you know but mm-hmm. i remember visiting my friend john and he was down at embry riddle and uh they turned their their what is it their hallway into a runway and at that point, I knew, I think this is a pretty serious school for people who are into aviation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, that was fun. I would yeah. do that, too, if I had the whole way here. For sure. Uh, by the way, I saw here in my notes to thank you for being so nice. Every live broadcast, you always show up at. So. Oh, I love it. Yeah, like any time of the day, too, by the way. You're always <laughs> just logging in for that. Are you going to be at Sun and Fun, by the way? I meant to ask you that a little earlier when I mentioned it. Um, not really, because I'm in school. I kind of have to be there, even though we have a Mardi Gras next week. Do you uh, know that's that? right. I do. Yeah, I was actually down there last year for a wedding at the very end of Mardi Gras. I went down with a bunch of friends and uh, 
It was insanity down there. Oh, yeah, the first McGrath. time. Yep, first time down there for that. It's the best part. <laughs> yeah, it was off the best wall. time of the year, definitely. People go crazy. You know those uh, hand grenade drinks? I had those. Yeah. Yeah, I had way too many of that. Well, if I'm ever in New Orleans, we'll definitely have to get a hand grenade drink. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely, best drink ever. <laughs> so, like, I got to be real for a second. I used to be kind of wild as a kid, but I definitely saw more boobs that week than I ever have in my entire <laughs> I've life. I've never seen so, one. Like, I'm not Where even did kidding. You find them? They're everywhere. Are you kidding? No, seriously. I've been to Bourbon Street like at night on a Saturday, and I haven't seen. I one. don't know. You must maybe you just don't remember because uh, let me tell you, you can get a little hazy over there and forget things pretty easily. <laughs> but no, uh, you just gotta like buy those beads, I guess, and just throw them off the balcony, and people catch them and. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's how it works. At least. Well, I catch them anyway. I don't have to flash. <laughs> well, so, I mean, wait, 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 but isn't that how it works? I thought you were supposed to flash if you catch well, the Well, you're supposed to, and some people probably too drunk do it, but not really. Like, I haven't seen, like, anyone. That, guys do it. Oh, yeah. my God. I said, especially when they're fat, and they're like, oh, look. I, thought, uh, I was like, no way. <laughs> that's no. why I did it. I want to show, <laughs> show I'm not throwing you my beats. <laughs> I'm not showing you my beads. I think you just uh, found the name of this uh, podcast episode, <laughs> as it uh, as it was. <laughs> anyway, we no. can uh, shift gears. Yeah, well, actually, our podcast is going in the way like more Louisiana thing than yeah. It, now let's talk Russia, now, Russia right? Thing. Yeah, let's do a okay. Russian part. So now. one of the most fascinating things about you is uh, you know the fact that you're from Russia, and I am fascinated by the country and the culture and the history, and also your accent is amazing. I was joking that you should make it really really severe but I, not like not to suppress it no, i guess i don't suppress it that's my normal way of talking but yeah, like yeah if you want me to talk like a real russian i can do it but it's more like i'm trying to fake it more than i'm actually like talking you know yeah when you talk to air traffic control when you learn how to fly you should totally do that at that accent <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's already like they're having trouble understanding well actually i have trouble understanding them i have like a radius like you do? struggle now i think you sound fine i mean believe me I, see i live close to new york city and here in long island people talk like really fast and you don't know what they're saying and they talk like this and you're like i have no idea what you're talking about right now so when i first moved here it was because uh, i'm actually from upstate it was sort of a culture shock people's accents and they talk so fast i'm like whoa 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 you know but no i can yeah, follow but- you fine you sound great right radius oh my god when i pick up flight following it's just like uh, uh what do i say do i have to repeat that uh why 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 do i have to say with you no and then yeah. you know all that little things so like, english oh. is a tough language as it is right i mean it's not english not is bad. easy so I've, I've heard english learning it as a second or whatever language is tougher than your first but of course how would you know what your first language is like so yeah well my my english is probably my third language because i also speak german and I oh, learned German before. Well, that's amazing. I only know two languages, uh, English and memes. And English. And yeah. <laughs> Sarcasm. Well, I guess aviation language, like uh, talking on the radios is kind of... Yeah, you know, I, I suppose you could say that. You know, people talk about, you know, American 123, to maintain 17,000, the Burbank altimeter. You're like, I have no idea what oh you're talking about. Oh, my God. About. <laughs> people hear that first time. Okay, I can get that, you know. That is a language. It is. It's a way of talking and... Uh, there's probably going to be a whole separate podcast just on the on phraseology, like top phraseology errors. See, I wanted to have 
this this podcast incorporate everything in aviation. That's why I'm sort of taking it a little slow because we can't hit everything in the first. We've only been doing this for no, a while, no. you know. So I but, think you yeah. should start doing like episode two with the same people and kind of get more information. Oh, there's so much like that Captain well, Roger Victor episode. That was almost two hours. We, I cut it up quite a bit. There was a lot of stuff. You I cut just, it? Oh, yeah, there was some stuff I cut out because I just felt it was too long, you know. But I think that we're gonna have these people back, and I want to incorporate more video and. Oh, definitely. I want to hear them again and see like what you know like what difference happening i don't think anyone in aviation will be like oh nothing changed uh, <laughs> it's always different so let's talk a little bit about your aviation story uh first of all your preference do you have a favorite airline i'm dying to know oh uh, huh. mm, that's a tough question it is one You're gonna because say I, I like i like uh, our airlines just because i have a direct flight they have direct flight from jfk mm. to moscow and i love that because you just you don't have to go anywhere else. But then I like, uh, okay, so in Russia we have Aeroflot. Then I like Alitalia. I flew Oman Air. Have mm. you ever heard of that one? Uh, yep, I have. I have. don't know much about them, but I definitely heard of oh, them. Oh, light, light Chop Airline. <laughs> oh, Delta? Yeah. Delta. <laughs> Delta is probably the only one I'm flying. Well, I fly American sometimes. I don't fly U.S. Airways or United Mm-hmm. at all for some reason maybe their ticket price or something yep. but delta is nice and i have a lot of story with with delta as well yep good stories then, um, well yeah yes and no no because they got like delay us once for 20 hours but then they found <laughs> me so it was okay yeah. no it was a terrible story though imagine snow in louisiana yeah it sounds pretty bad it's bad and well that was <laughs> people quite can't an handle snow here. You get one inch of snow here, and people freak out. Oh no! Pe- we have maybe one truck with the icing in MSY. That's all. And but, Delta was just like they boarded. Uh, they boarded us in the plane going to JFK. We're like in the plane, and then the flight attendant after like three hours in the plane is saying like, "Well, the captain left the plane." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> I guess we're not going." There's so no they captain. kicked us out and say like we're delayed for twenty hours, and I was like, "Well, shit," because wow. I missed my flight from JFK to Moscow, and I had to go like next day. Almost left at the airport, and the airport is small. Like there's nowhere to go. So, right. well, I was lucky to find like a hotel room. Well, that worked out then. Yeah. Well, I had to write like a big as essay how morally damaged I was because I was like they didn't refund us. Like they said, it's the weather. I'm like, it's not. You have one de-icing truck. Why U.S. Air like United is using it, but Delta is not. Well, then they refund me, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, I guess ultimately <laughs> it worked out then, uh, which is good for you. But speaking of Russia, you told me I should uh, I should visit sometime. Definitely. Uh, what city should I or other people listening visit? Well, first of all, of course, you go to Moscow because it's a big city and it has like four airports that you can right. come in. Yep. Um, then you want to go to St. Petersburg. And actually, a lot of people, they would say, hey, I want to go to St. Petersburg first and they mentioned moscow and i'm like well you're gonna go to moscow anyway because it's <laughs> the place you fly to right um then oh russia is so big you can literally go everywhere like to almost to japan yeah oh it's huge it's like i've never been globe. that far away and it takes it literally takes you the same amount of time to fly to city of Vladivostok, which is close to japan it's like right. nine hour flight yep that's then the it coastal, takes you right? to new york yeah that's that's insane. You know, it's regional. Yeah. <laughs> regional like, flight, yeah. nine hours. From like, 
I don't know, somewhere up in Maine, Bangor to like San Diego is nowhere near the distance of flying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those edges of your country. So and the country is huge, really and you big. take two hours from Moscow to go south to Sochi, where they had Olympic Games. Yep, and takes you about an hour to go up north to St. Petersburg. <laughs> I mean, it's another just, it's, few. It's so mind-boggling. I mean, here I am sitting. I'm laughing because it's like you know, <laughs> we're trying to understand people in the world, and we're trying to get to know people. And I've always said this is so much fun for me to get to know people. But just telling me that, it's like you never will be able to see everything. And I guess that realization is just kind yeah. of inspiring in a way. But at the same time, it's like wow, I got to make my way out there and say hi to all you people. <laughs> That's true. Well, I think I travel a lot, but when you use one of those websites when you can see the countries, like highlight them yep. and see where you've been, I probably cover like 15% of the world, which is like not a lot. Well, it's not, but it's huge though. And, you know, as compared to just sitting at home, I mean, 15% of the globe is a lot. So. Yeah. Well, I calculated I've visited like 58 countries. 58? Mm hmm. Wow. I I have not been to 58 countries. I think uh, I've only been to Canada. I actually went to Spain once when I was younger. That was kind of cool. I was out there for two weeks. So I went to Madrid, yeah, Spain Barcelona. Fun. Barcelona, yeah. Really fun city. A yeah, beautiful I've been architecture. There. A lot of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madrid was kind of crazy. I remember like there was just a lot of shenanigans at night. We were uh, in some sort of hostel or something in the third third floor. And I remember we would cheer when the cab drivers went through red lights. And like it was like clockwork. They would just keep driving through red lights. Oh, like, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, all right. So if I visit Russia or anyone interested in aviation visits Russia, what can they expect over there? Oh, avi- oh my God. If you're an aviation nerd and you go to Russia, your mind is going to be blown when you see our planes. Yeah. <laughs> because we have, I, I have actually a lot of information about that. Yeah. Like where to see them and what type of planes you can see because if you're a plane spotter, right? That's that's where you want to go. So a plane spot, like so, there's certain types of aircraft you can only see maybe like certain types of day or airports or places around the country, and you're sort of a mm-hmm. nerd in that respect and you know where to look. That's pretty good. Yeah, because like we have four airports and one of this. So let's say we have one airport. It's called Sheremetyevo. It's where you fly from New York to Moscow. Right. Then we have Domodedovo. Yep. Doesn't have U.S. flights, but it has literally uh, like 10 airplanes, old airplanes, just on the airport, just like sitting, chilling there, old airplanes. Mm -hmm. And when you go in that airport, you fly somewhere, you can just like taxi by them and take a look. Then we have uh, Vnukova, which is mostly like regional kind of style. Mm -hmm. And then we have Zhukovsky, which just started their passenger commercial activity, but it's a research Ah. Like aeronautical research uh, place, uh, they have the longest runway in Russia and Europe, and like the third longest runway in the world. So they do uh, like so like flight testing there and operations uh-huh. testing and stuff they, like that. They tested our space shuttle there. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. That's got to mm-hmm. be. And now uh, they still have that uh, Soviet Concorde, the Tupolev one forty four, parked. And they also held like a biggest air show in Russia once in two years. The Tupolev 144 is like one of the coolest looking planes. I would love to have been on the Concorde or something. I- I've seen two. I've been inside of these two. That's amazing. But Yeah, the Russian one, like Soviet one and the uh, Concorde and actually New York. What was the name of that museum? Intrepid? Uh, the Intrepid? Intrepid. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yep, that's cool. I've been by it. I've never been inside that thing. So I have to do it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff I haven't done. I mean, we have some cool museums out here on uh, Long Island, actually. The Cradle of Aviation right right down the road here. Uh, Beth Page. That's mm-hmm. really amazing. But, yeah, there's so many things here. The Smithsonian's like my dream to visit that place, too. So, 
but uh yeah we'll we'll see i mean i hope to travel more especially with this page because this thing's growing fast so maybe i'll be invited who do it i've been invited to be in ireland actually recently somebody asked me if i wanted to take a trip oh, to cool. ireland and visit irish control but i, I have too much stuff going I- irish control irish control <laughs> yeah. sounds kind of yeah. scary irish control i mean irish control all they do is just drink beer <laughs> sounds like a good place I- i'll be right there 24 <laughs> 7 shannon Yep. They have an airport there, and that's it. So Russia is well known for having some of the best vodka in the world. Um, how true is that? It's pretty true. Okay, so while we're spotting these planes in Moscow, <laughs> we'll drink some of the uh, finest Russian vodka we can find. Yeah, it's a uh, vodka, play balalaik, and have a pet beer like next yeah, to you. Not going to lie, that sounds like an amazing time. <laughs> so, yeah, let, let's plan it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't drink vodka because it's not really like a girl thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like a man thing. So the right. men, they drink vodka with the... <laughs> Beer, you know, yeah. So is that stuff. so? If you okay, so if, if you were a woman <laughs> drinking the the vodka and the beer, would you be considered to be sort of unusual? Um, yeah. I don't. I'm not for alcohol. I, I'm not a big fan of it because mm-hmm. probably I can handle it. That I have to drink a lot to actually get some effect. Yeah. But uh, women usually don't drink much. They drink wine, like soft sweet stuff but men like typical stereotypic russian men they will go for vodka like once a week at least definitely yeah well (laughs) that's always good so how has the aviation world changed in uh, moscow and russia as a whole has it evolved over the years if you look at it 10 years ago like different city like moscow changed a lot they built so much for the world cup actually like last year Mm -hmm. Uh, renovated and also with flying like for example you might be wondering can you still fly those old soviet planes mm-hmm. do you think you can i don't know i i would say maybe if you're lucky you could no you can't? it's too late oh. they all all of them are down now literally like a couple years ago you still could on some airlines very like rare right occasionally 10 years ago, I was flying regionally, and most of them were those like old Tupolev 154 and that kind of stuff. But now that's it. They've like, all been replaced. Yeah. They're all replaced with the newer. Actually, Air Aeroflot has like the youngest aviation park of all of them. Very modern. We have very new airplanes, and we're actually producing some new airplanes now. Oh, yeah. For sure. They're, they're developing, developing. <laughs> they're, cre- they're building, like, it's called MS 21. They're just like testing it, so getting certifications now. Oh, I've never heard. Then MS twenty one. MS twenty one. Google it. Google. Then we also have a Superjet hundred. It's like a smaller regional plane. Yep. But that's about it at the moment. And all of the uh, other stuff, like Illusion ninety six, it's a wide body airplane. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, nobody's using it for commercial. I haven't seen one. Yeah. They might might maybe like really like my one or two planes but no i flew that one in 2011 last time that's probably the last time i've ever flew everything like anything that is russian right. like or soviet or like old stuff old stuff yeah i love the old stuff especially the old soviet airliners like some of those from the 60s are so cool and they're just such awesome looking planes like the tupelo 154 is uh, one of my favorites it looks like someone took a 727 but they just completely reimagined it as something actually kind of sexy you know but so across the globe like russian or american like what's your favorite plane do you have one mm, well i'm a big fan of dreamliner because it's a beautiful it's airplane and, and and boeing max i'm like a boeing girl you know <laughs> <Airbus> <laughs> i'm is a fine, boeing girl that should be a sticker but, 
Boeing, yeah. <laughs> uh, from the Russian airplanes, I've never flew the modern one, the Superjet, no. I flew, I like Illusion because it's big. Right. Uh, I would say, like, I like planes because that one is big. It has four engines. <laughs> but, uh, it's a funny plane inside because if you think of a wide-body airplane, it has two aisles. And, like, you know, overhead bins are in the middle and on the sides normally. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, 96 has literally, like, no middle overhead bins. Uh, so did you run out of room for your overheads or your carry-on? Yeah, you kind of have to cramp your stuff in the side overhead bins because there's not a... I don't know who designed that, but that's a fact. Yeah. Uh, the same goes for Illusion 86, which is an older model, and I flew that one when I was two years old. Maybe they got their experience or their um, inspiration, rather, from some of the low-cost carriers here in the U.S. They're trying to save a leg room or... <laughs> Baggage they did it before mainstream. <laughs> it's like the most punk rock thing I ever heard. <laughs> it's like Russia. They were charging you for your bags way before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what we did before it was cool? We did a landing on the river before Sally did it. <laughs> oh, that's right. The Tupolev story. I remember that. And like in, in the 1960s, we landed a plane in the Neva River, which is in St. Petersburg. Someone sent me that story on ATC memes, and they said, you guys should really make a movie about this one and have it like Sully Part 2. But I'm like, they did it first. You know, was that a military plane, or is that an airline? Uh, no, it was an actual airline. I, I don't know what it was because it was way back in the day, but it was Tupolev. I think it's 124. Yeah, I think you're so right. So, like, the old, old one. Mm -hmm. And they literally did an amazing job landing on the river, like, avoiding all the bridges. And, yep. well, it sunk eventually, but <laughs> the people were okay, yeah, they got out. I think I remember reading it was, like, the uh, I think the landing gear. They had a problem with the landing gear. That's what, that's what happened. Yeah, they, they tried to open it, like... You know, poke it with the like a like stick. A stick yeah, to <laughs> I mean, this is like that's true human ingenuity right there. You know, yeah. trying to make it work. Like uh, another cool story we have with like landing emergency was uh, once um, with that airline that flew this old Tupolev 154 mm -hmm. in somewhere in Siberia, something like that. Yeah, and uh, it was early in the morning, I suppose, and all the electricity just went down. Really, all the like everything. So your electric pump is not working, and you have like some fuel left wow. to make a landing somewhere and you can't communicate like nothing's working yep. and that's a kind of problem of those old airplanes because they just fail sometimes and so the guys were flying it and they saw some abandoned runway somewhere in the woods and they were like okay we're landing here because we have fuel maybe for half an hour and in russia you don't have a airport like every other mile you know like in the u.s right. you have it everywhere really spaced out so they were like okay we're landing here and they had no information no idea nothing about what what the hell is this like strip <laughs> what, what is it going in the woods yeah and there was one guy who was taking care of this trip he was like cleaning it and i'm not sure if it had lights but anyway so they attempt they couldn't land it in the first time and that's a big ass airplane like it's actually really heavy it's probably one of the heaviest uh, three engine t-tail airplane ever mm -hmm. it has uh, it has very heavy landing gear it has like three pairs of wheels on the main gear so it kind of could like land on any rough or soft field a passenger airplane like those you're you know your modern boeings cannot do that right right so they start landing them the airplane and then of course they run like out of the runway but somehow the crew did an amazing job landing the airplane so they overrun it a little bit into the trees mm -hmm. 
Uh, now everyone survived. They even didn't even injure themselves, so it was fine. Yeah. But imagine yourself like you're stuck in Siberia in the woods. You'd be like, what the hell's going on? That's when you reach for the vodka. Yeah, you know? and and people people just went picking up mushrooms. mushrooms. Very common pastime in Russia. You can actually find it on the Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> it says yeah, people just went like chilling, waiting for them to be rescued. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just keeping the spirits up. You know, you know? That's really inspiring actually. Yeah, that's kinda like uh represents the Russian spirit. Like sure. right. no matter what happens, you'll always like find a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Making the best of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then these people they they got rescued they got like to their destination some of them took train after that and then this airplane was restored and took off of the same abandoned runway and was in service again like imagine wow. this from the actual crash scene they had restored it mm-hmm. wow well it didn't crash it just made emergency landing right. into the they woods they kind of just pulled okay. it out and cleaned it up and they're yeah. like all right they just cleaned it up a little like you know <laughs> and then it took off and continued service and uh now it doesn't fly anymore right. because all the old soviet uh airplanes are down right. on the ground that's really inspiring. Well, some of them still flying some uh, you might do like a flight for flight mm-hmm. what they call it you uh, assemble a group and they just like um, I guess give you a ride around the area in Moscow in the old airplane they maintain it pretty well right um, you could like touch it you know if you're an airplane nerd you'll be like oh my god this is a dream of like my life I think that would be really kind of cool if uh, I went to Russia and got a, a flight and an old Soviet plane and, oh those uh, those are fun those called whistles whistles because their engines make those weird sound like they're whistling yeah yeah the old uh, like like actually tupolev 134 is nicknamed as whistle the whistle i'm looking at oh yeah mm-hmm. that, I, that plane um because the engines are really uh low bypass i believe so it's noisy to be really with. loud really Super noisy loud, yeah. that, that's why they're banned from like everywhere yeah but i flew this one as a kid and actually, that's probably one of my first memories because I was taken into the cockpit as a kid. Like, imagine how much excitement is this. Oh, yeah. And uh, that airplane has uh, glass panels in its nose. Like, like actual you know, yeah, glass in the nose. Like, you can get into its nose and just, like, look down wow. in the earth. So, you're so in a bubble. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was put there as a kid, and I thought, like, maybe they would just, like, show it to me and get me back in the, like, main cabin. Mm-hmm. They let me stay the whole flight in that little nose, like a glass nose of this airplane until very, like, like final. Yeah, for those of you who are wondering what this looks like, because I looked it up, a TU-134, she is absolutely correct. The nose is glass. It's like the whole thing is one gigantic window, so you're able to see essentially everything. That is... That's wild. I wish I could do that. Well, I was in that nose as a kid. That is so cool. Flying on actual flight. And then they just got me like into the seat for like actual landing because, well, safety. But uh, when you're a kid, you're so not afraid of that either. You know, it's like now I'd be like, holy shit, I'd be. No, if you're a kid, you're like, oh my God, I'm flying like a real, you know, like a bird. (laughs) You can see all these little buildings down there. Yeah. Like rivers, trees. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's about all the time we have for today, unfortunately. But I really Uh, appreciate it. Actually, I have to go back to work. (laughs) This has been awesome. I have a lot of good stuff here. And it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Medina. Oh, and we'll me too, I look forward Dave. To, to having you on my live broadcast more and more and learning more about your part of the world and your mm-hmm. culture and your flying experience. And uh, it's nice to take a break from sort of the nerdiness of some of the uh, <laughs> aviation world now and then and just talk to somebody who's a fan. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, it's yeah. been a lot of fun. Any now, well, final mo- uh, words to the listeners? 
I just think we have to do more episodes when I can actually speak like a real Russian. <laughs> that would be another story. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like uh, for um, your followers go follow me and see maybe they find something they like, like traveling. Absolutely. Uh, slide into my DMs. Slide maybe. into. <laughs> yeah, this girl is just blatantly inviting you to slide into her DMs. Her words. Not we mine. can talk about airplanes anytime. Yeah. And she's really, really cool. I'm not even kidding. I've talked to her for a while. So, uh, and just tell all your all my followers what is your Instagram handle? So they, if they they're typing it in right now, they'll find you. It's uh, my Dinka Claire C. Okay. I don't know where that nickname comes from, but um, yep, that's I'm going how to uh, pronounce it. I guess put that in the description of the episode. People, can, I always do that. Sure, sure. It, so. But all right, Medina, well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for talking. You clear skies to you and good luck with tennis and school and everything else. And I'll be talking to you real shortly. So thanks again. Awesome. Bye. Well, that just about wraps it up for episode six of the Aviation Lowdown. As always, you want to send me some love. It's lo at aviationlowdown.com. For those of you who are curious, yes, I will be at Sun and Fun this year. It's April 2nd through the 7th. I'll be there the 3rd through the 7th with my good friends Banyan Pilot Shop out of Fort Lauderdale. We'll be over there. It's in Lakeland, Florida. That's where the Sun and Fun event is. You guys don't want to miss it. So if you're going to be in that area, seriously, stop by. It's going to be a great time. As always, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate the support and all the fan mail. Join us next time. You never know who we might have. Bye-bye.